Yo, what it do, baby boo? John, what's up, man? What's going on, man? Dude, love that hat. Throwback. Oh, thank you. Yeah, dude, uh, $25 on the rack at uh, and with the blue undervisor. What? Sweet. I'm loving it. 70s. Bucks. What is that? 70s Phillies? 80s? Oh, 70s. yeah. For throwbacks, dude. It's like Steve Carlton stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it was only 25 bucks. I'm like, that is getting slept on. I don't know why everybody. Where'd you get that? Love that. Lids. Lids here in Philly. Sweet. Yeah. Right? I'm What's good, that. man? What's been it's going good. on, man? It's been a while. Sorry, my my one year old son is screaming in the background. That's all right. He just wants dad like you know right? what I mean. Well, you don't he's... know, but maybe one day you will. Pretty soon. Um, well, I have these bags under my eyes. Yes, he just wants to get on the hottest podcast uh, in the game right now. Apparently, he's been clamoring. He's got like a bunch of hot takes, and I'm like Theo, you're one. Like you know, you know, again, like I have to break it to him, like. You know, these these takes aren't as nuanced as you think they are. You know, right. he wants to talk about how great Finding Nemo is. We've seen that five million times. I'm like, I'm really over it. It's not that great. He insists on talking about it. I said, that's not really this type of podcast. Um, but, you know, yeah, you, at some point you have to he has to become a man and I have to tell him how things are and say, you're not allowed to come on this podcast. Yet We're not talking some, about Coca Melon. Yeah, you, you have to have some nuanced takes. You know what I mean? Obviously. Um, He's not ready to do that. And and until he is, uh, he will be reprimanded from the pot. We have a bar here that is set very high. Yeah. Um, and if you can't meet it, then you won't be on. Okay. No, and, I, and I love him to death, but uh, it's just it's it's great not kid. up to snuff. You know, right. we have standards on this show. This is episode 49, John. We're almost at uh, episode 50. Are we doing some sort of celebration for 50? I have a, I have a scheduled uh, interview on Thursday. I didn't even know it was going to be episode 50, but we'll have to do it for 100 for sure. I'll wear a suit. Are you at liberty to say who the guest is? Um, yeah, is it's it, uh, is it me? No, it's, no. it's not. I'm, I'm not interested anymore. I right know really. it's a, uh, <clears throat> it's a female, uh, sports capper. She works for Yahoo. Sweet. I'll, uh, <clears throat> yeah. I'll tweet out all of her, uh, information tomorrow, That's but awesome, man. totally, um, lost in the trouble episode 49 today is Tuesday. John, let's talk about what happened yesterday. Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor and the Guardians. Guardians came back from the White Sox. They were down what? It was eight to two, right? Eight to two. And And then we saw saw the Phillies do the same thing with the Mets earlier this week or the week before that. You remember the Mets were down? Same thing. Seven to one, top of the ninth. Insane. So that happened again in like two weeks. Josh Naylor goes ham, dude. Eight RBIs. Um, after the eighth inning, eighth inning or after, nobody has done that before. Absolutely insane. He goes nuts in the dugout. Apparently, he got real upset because he was yelling at the fans. Maybe someone was saying weight comments. Quiet. Possibly, did so, you hear that? So when he hit the home run, he he gave the shush sign. By the way, so Hendricks had been completely lights out before that. So he comes in, gives up a a line shot base hit to load the bases, and then. But before that, too, he's just like pumping in fastballs. Basically, at this point, if you're a hitter, you're, you're just like, all right, he's pumping in fastballs. He's getting ahead of hitters. And Naylor was throwback, no batting gloves. And just first pitch, you know, like he Hendricks was operating just with immense confidence. And you're just like, when you're operating with confidence, you're like, I'm throwing fastballs. It's my best pitch and I'm going to get ahead. And no one's going to hit me because I've been lights out for like the last six outings or something like right. that. And then Naylor, like, this is how it's hard. This is why it's so hard to pitch in the bigs. First pitch, and he smokes it. 
that as soon as he hit it, I watched it live. I'm like, that's that's out of here. And he yeah. just crushed it to right center field. Gone. Um, can you think of two other people that bat without batting gloves? First two that come to my mind, Evan Gaddis, Moises. Joey, Joey Wendell. Joey Wendell, does he no batting gloves as well? Yeah, for the Rays, right? Right? Um, I don't know. I think. He's not the first the first one that came to mind. Are we talking about right now or of all time? Oh, I just said all time. All time, Vladimir Guerrero. Obviously, no batting gloves. Um, what's that outfielder, center fielder? Tucker for the Astros. Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker. He has no batting gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, who are other some some really good no batting gloves? I just know because Moises Alou used to pee on his hands. Used to pee on his hands. Yeah. What was the, what was the thought hands. process behind that? It would make his hands, hands stronger tougher, or skin tougher. Apparently, uh, maybe the nitrogen in your piss um, would do something to your skin. Let's, or he just had a weird fetish, and he right. was like. Uh, it helps my grip. Yeah, right. It's yeah. good for my uh my fingernails. <laughs> no, no, no. This uh, this helps. Uh, trust me. I, you right. know, I know it's weird, but I'm I'm a pretty good hitter. I can I you can't sneak a fastball past me, and it's because I've, I urinate on my hands. I've talked to a lot of the doctors in Dominican Republic, and they give raving reviews about it. <laughs> Lou Pinella and the and Dusty Baker are like whatever as long as you're hitting I don't really care. Yeah, you could piss on my hands. Yeah, um, you're hitting bombs like that. Who cares? Yeah. So crazy game yesterday. That was awesome. Good for him. Good for Josh Naylor. Great for content purposes. Um, brings us into our next topic, John. Uh, dead baseballs. There's been some speculation around baseball, spoken by players, by fans. The statistics and runs have you know gone under more so than overs. Um, do you believe that there is a different set of baseballs that are the dead baseballs versus the juice baseballs? I do believe that. And my, and I have a question though, why at certain points, uh, in the year would they delve out juice baseballs versus non-juice baseballs? Is there if that, that that's my question. And the only answer I can think of is if they're trying to keep the home runs in a certain range. Like they have a quota or something that they're trying to, to make happen. So if they're tracking ahead or behind schedule, Hey, we want to get this particular amount of home runs, you know, so we're going to implement dead baseballs now to limit that. Oh, we're, we're falling behind. All right. We'll put juice baseballs back in to increase the number of home runs there. It tells me that there is a set of home runs or some sort of quota that they're supposed to hit or be at near the end of the season. That can be the only explanation. That makes um, zero sense to me. Well, then, le- what, then why would you issue different types of balls during the season? What's the in, a, in a league that is determined to get more action, ban the shift. You have to pitch to three batters, speed the game up. They are determined to make more offensive plays happen. Home runs, doubles, triples, like you said. Why would you distribute dead baseballs? Their entire initiative is the exact opposite of that. So that's my thought process is like, you know, players can say, oh, they're dead or whatever, but why would they do that? Why would Commissioner uh, Manfred, why are you going to give dead baseballs? I see no advantage to that from what you're trying to do in the league. I definitely think there's something that they've done with the balls. Because there are balls I have seen that normally were pop-ups and then they were gone. And then later they were pop-ups. Because I've watched games too. I'm like, oh, that's gone. And then it's caught at the track. And then before there were other times where I'm like, oh, that's a fly ball. And then it's out of here. 
I, okay. I definitely think there's something with the baseballs for sure. Okay, fair enough. Because there could be something that's here. These are juicy baseballs. Um, and then these are just regular baseballs. You know what I mean? As opposed to these are dead baseballs. Yeah, I don't think the baseballs are dead, but there, there's definitely a change with the baseballs. And the players swear by it too. Pitchers too. Like Verlander talked about that too and, and a couple other players. And I totally – they wouldn't just make that up. And a pitcher knows – like a pitcher knows like a certain pitch yeah, probably of, shouldn't be hit out versus a pitch that like, wow, like there's no way that normally goes out. You know what I mean? And this, mm-hmm. especially these guys have been playing for so many years. So they've noticed these types of changes, similar things with hitters with the spider tack. They're just like, Oh, this stuff is ungod. Like Garrett Cole was once unhittable and now he's quite hittable. He's not um, even the best pitcher on his team. Right. Exactly. I mean, the Yankees are awesome, but he's not nearly the pitcher he was with Houston as he is with New York and spider tech's a huge point of that. I mean, Trevor Bauer even talked about that too. So these players are in tune. They know, I definitely think there's a, I don't think the baseballs are dead, but I definitely think they've done something to the balls. Um, I just, no one's ever going to tell you it's deep within the vault of MLB headquarters, but I would love to know why. I don't know why they're doing it. Well, that's that's the thing is that's why I don't believe it just because it goes against everything that they're trying to do. Um, by, by the way, you've been knocking for a while, like the rule changes, like shift changes and all these other things like to speed up the game um, and a pitch clock. It like, you know, I listened to a podcast with Theo Epstein on it and he explicitly said it does shorten the game. Like they're tracking that they're implementing that in the like the international Atlantic league and all the other leagues with pitch clocks, it's definitely speeding up the game. It's not a question. It's not a matter of opinion. It's like empirically a fact. It's okay. It's speeding up the game. So how many new fans are coming to watch baseball because of it? I I think eventually they will. I think, I think you got us. You have to, how you're, what did he say? How, how fast, how much more? I think it's shaving off like 20 plus minutes a game at least. And they're only doing it a little bit. They want to implement even more things. Yeah. And increasing the base size, it, you know, uh, having a larger incentive for people to steal more action, banning the shift, rewarding athletic ability in the field. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, 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 it requires no athletic ability anymore because you're using advanced analysis. So when the ball is hit, you're standing right there and the ball is caught, but you're seeing less and less, you know, like web gems used to be so ubiquitous and, and so more theatrical, and now you're seeing less and less. There's there's very few defensive plays as there were early 2000s or mid 90s. I don't know. I've I seen, mean, a, seen a lot of good plays recently. N- not not like those plays. No like, way. Not nearly as many. As as what in the early 90s? 2000s, early 90s. Yeah, so many balls are smoked, smoked, but, but do, and the guy is standing right there. We also understand half of the league or more than them were on steroids or performance enhancing drugs. I didn't, I didn't think that was right either. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining, but I didn't, it doesn't mean I would would attribute that to that's why the balls were flying off the bets more so than they are now, man. I, I watched, I just saw an old clip. It was like, God, it might've been, it was when McGuire was still with the A's and he was in uh, the kingdom facing Randy Johnson mm-hmm. and dude, it like Johnson, like threw off a fastball, like at his chin at like 98 and McGuire, like a toothpick, just, whoosh, just 
crushed <laughs> yeah. it like 400 <laughs> in like 80 feet to like deep upper deck left center where it's dark in the kingdom like you couldn't even see the ball land the people yeah. were shaded out and i was just like jesus christ yeah. like to turn on a ball that's middle in like right here and yeah. to just flick like all his home runs too even with the cardinals like it was like a, it was just flick it right like, and it was just like i'm like look where the homers landed like second deck consistently mm-hmm. like if it went in the in like the the print like the first row deck or just over the wall you're like what happened like my god like barely got that was, emba- it, yeah. that was embarrassing you know like his 62nd home run barely got over the wall but right it was just like his worst home run ever but every one of those homers and I just remember being like, Jesus Christ, like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's on something. Yeah. I mean, his forearms so told the story. What? His forearms told the story for me. I mean, that was, I mean, they were just ungodly. Even bonds. Some, some guy explained it too with like steroids with bonds. They're like, watch bonds. Like the reason he, he's so like, obviously bonds was great even before steroids, but what steroids does the biggest thing um, for a batter, obviously, is it, it, it quickens your bat speed, which is everything. And so you let the ball, you let the ball get in as, as you let the ball get farther in, uh, you need quicker bat speed mm-hmm. and you can generate more power. The farther that ball comes in, um, to like in the zone. So you're not out in front. It's like it, you're, you're literally like right there. So they're like normal humans, do, it's not humanly possible to have to let the ball travel that deep in the zone and, and be, able be able to, to react to react and not only that not hit it if you're a left-handed hitter like bonds drive it to center or left center i mean to pull it mm-hmm. it is virtually impossible and so he was like bonds would let that ball travel in farther than anyone but his his bat speed was so quick that when he would make contact he would be it would be so far in the zone that his bat speed was so quick that that's he would just make the most solid contact you could uh, like possibly humanly make. possible humanly possible but, yeah and he goes the other thing too it's like he should have never been able to hit any of those balls that traveled that far in to the zone to uh, right Where they center traveled. or right field all of those should right. have been to left or left center yeah. so he's like that's another reason why it's like impossible. Like he, he broke it down and saw how, how deep the ball came into bonds. He's like, that's not possible. No Mm -hmm. human can turn on the ball like that. So that's a big surprise, right? That's what I wanted to get into next. Biggest surprises of this uh, MLB season. I'm going to go first. Your biggest surprise of the season thus far. It's, we finished April. We're into May. It's May 10th. Um, Just about a quarter of the season left. I think we're 40 games in something like that. Um, Biggest surprise this season. I have. Um, the, how the New York Mets have played without the Grom, uh, you got Tyler McGill, uh, Carlos Carrasco, Peterson, uh, they're ranked fifth in baseball in ERA with a 3.24. They're also ranked fifth in baseball for runs scored. So how consistent they have been producing runs and keep your runs off the board is just a recipe for success all without the best pitcher on the planet. Uh, DeGrom, uh, I thought that's very impressive. All those acquisitions that they've gotten, Marte, uh, Lindor has been doing um, well. Mark Canna has been producing a little bit. Uh, I think they are, I mean, behind the Dodgers, the best team in the NL. I think it's hard to say in, you know, a seven-game series, five-game series, you're not going to take the Mets. Okay. Honor, yeah. honor, Honorable mention how bad the Reds are. 
That's a surprise. Yeah, but we is that we knew that we knew they were going to be terrible. They told us they were going to be terrible by John, literally the other, the other day they were on track to lose a hundred and forty four games. I they're mean, really bad. That really is bad. like ungodly bad, dude. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. My biggest surprise too is. I think Aaron Boone is a terrible manager. I've thought that for a long time, and I'm surprised, mm-hmm. one, how the Yankees are doing. Um, I'm really surprised how the how the Angels are doing. I think a healthy Mike Trout is a – obviously having Otani is immensely important. I think having a healthy Mike Trout is a huge deal also. Taylor um, Ward. But I'm, yeah, but I, that too. I, I'm surprised by their pitching is kind of you know held up. Now, I know it's early, and that could go south real quick, but – my God, that lineup is so potent and so good, and it looks like everyone's healthy. That if they could just get some consistency with their pitching, like I, th- this is a team that has too many good players, like Rendon. Like I love watching their team. I love Madden. That's a team I want to see in the playoffs. I want them to be competitive, to be and I yeah. just like please keep it together. Like you have money at the trade deadline. Like get another pitcher. Like get another starter. Get some bullpen relief. Like anything. Just Please, I, I want this. It's such a fun team, and no one ever talks about any teams on the West Coast other than the Giants and Dodgers, and rightly, rightfully so. They're the two best teams. But, God, I want to see Trout in the playoffs. I want to see Otani. It would be – talk about for the game. It would be so good for the game to highlight our stars and have them play in prime time. So, you know, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or whatever you call yourself, like, Get some fucking pitching. Like, please make yourself relevant as a baseball fan. Like, I want to see your lineup. I want to see your team competitive and in the playoffs um, because it's just better for baseball. Yeah. I I mean, I right now I don't think they have enough to withstand – you know, that no, division but like, in the but, playoffs. But this is every year. If you if you know this, like they spend so much money on offense in their lineup. Like, please put some emphasis on your freaking pitching, man. Like right. it, it what a waste. You know, you're just like throwing money down the drain, you know? Mm-hmm. Unless unless you're just trying to have people come out to the ballpark and whatever. But uh as far as competitiveness, like you're one of the greatest players of all time and one of the greatest, maybe the greatest two-way player ever. I know it's early to say that with Otani, but like you want to showcase them, like get your team in the playoffs, like Mm -hmm. get some pitching. So I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by that, but I mean, you and I know well that that could go south real quick. Tell me about it, John, you had a, uh, a topic that we did not discuss um, off air. We were going to save it till we were on here. I want to save the, the last story for the end. Okay. What are you refer- are you referring to my segment? Yeah, you said you had something you wanted to share um, about Codify, and then you were going to tell me. I said no, just save it for on air. Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. So Codify is something that I mean, I follow them on Twitter, and it's it's interesting. Um, so I was so something that Lucas Giolito for the White Sox uses, same as Liam Hendricks, and. Essentially, it's a personalized game planning. Um, it's a personalized game 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 plan for pitchers. So it's basic. So I thought, like, why why is this thing popular? Why are MLB players using this? Uh, because it you have God, you have a whole player development, you have a whole scouting report that I would assume had this on there. But it's a couple of things. It's like a heat map, and it's w- what what strengths you're uh, the hitters you're facing, um, and w- at certain times in the count and certain times like plate appearances where 
they're not as great. So like at a two, one count, you want to throw this, um, with this type of spin, um, at a, at a three Oh count, is this guy going to swing three Oh? So it has a really personalized game plan. It's also tailored to like your metrics and your analytics. So the type of spin, so, you know, the type of spin on your breaking ball might be more potent to this player in this particular count, but your slider might be based off of the swing of this particular hitter based off of your personal analytics. So it's data. Like a, yeah. Like a personal baseball savant or a fan graphs. To, Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, and Liam Hendricks was like, it's, it's good to tell me where the hitter is good and, and where they ain't good. You know, he was just basically, it's like, it's just really helpful to know like, all right, this guy, just all you have to do is throw him sliders, like no question. Or John, if if you get behind in the count, don't throw this guy uh, a, a fastball. You know what I mean, or whatever. John, if so. you're gonna talk, uh, if you're gonna quote Liam Hendricks, you better fucking talk like him. He's an Aussie. You better talk like him. He's he's Australian. I don't. He's really, Australian. I can't, I, can't, I can't really do that. I think it's gonna turn into like a British voice real quick, right? Yeah. Real quick, like Cockney. I, I, I studied Cockney? abroad for a few for like five months in London, and uh, anytime I try to do any accent after a while, it gets tapers it gets off to be real British. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's just that's something I thought was interesting. I would check it out. Uh, handle uh, Codify Baseball at Codify Baseball. Um, really, really interesting, um, and uh, like. So swings at pitches under two feet high since 2019. Mike Trout, 547 swings, 23 homers. Aaron Judge, 553 swings, one homer, 139 average. So Trout can hit. uh, Balls two feet off the ground. Pretty much, which makes sense. He's a low ball hitter. I mean, Mm -hmm. Trout's an all ball hitter, but uh, definitely a, a low ball hitter. Yeah, Judge. And Judge is like 6'7". Yeah, and Judge is super, obviously. Judge also playing well. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm always surprised that when he plays well. um, Maybe because I never thought he was like incredible. He's unorthodox. I think you see him and he's very big. He's a very big man. And you see him at the plate. I think it's just maybe because he's not a he's not a uh, he's not a graceful player to no. watch you know what i mean no, like, I, like I lo- yeah that's too that's another problem like i love watching mookie betts play even mike trout too like i love watching mookie betts play i like him at the plate i like him in the field same thing with bias just fun to Move. watch judge is like ugh. yeah just like not aesthetically pleasing no even after he got his teeth fixed did he get his teeth fixed yeah you didn't you didn't see did that he get yeah. the, the ears like, did he get uh, a whole new teeth? Yeah, it was either that. I think he got veneers or a uh, phrenectomy. Um, oh. It's the surgery where you um, fix the gap in your tooth. Oh. The more you know. Interesting. You wouldn't get, like, Invisalign for that? Uh, I mean, I don't think if you're a Major League Baseball player, you're getting Invisalign. That's true. You're like, right? fix, this, fix this now. It's win- interesting. I saw a picture of Patrick Wisdom for the Cubs, like, years ago on his Instagram. Mm. and Nose job, right? Or No. Teeth. teeth. Like he looks like a different person. Yeah. Like it's crazy. I think um, the person that did his teeth was on TikTok, and they made a TikTok about it. 
Yeah, and then she was like, I got his permission. It was fine because I knew as soon as you said that, it was either his like nose or teeth or something like that. Yeah, it's his teeth. I only say yeah. that because every time he comes on the screen watching a Cubs game, my wife talks about how attractive he is. And then a little I mean, part of me. She's not wrong. Inside. I mean, he is <laughs> very good looking. Even I was like, no, nah, he's he's pretty hot. And when he rounds third after home run, he's just he like. shows his chest. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, I mean, if cool. I, I mean, if I shaved all the hair off my chest, I mean, it would look exactly like that. Exactly. We would have to get a really big weed whacker. Um, story of the day, John. Story of the day. It's not baseball related, but I feel bad for people that hate Tom Brady because you will be seeing him and hearing him for the rest of your life. He's probably not going to. I mean, he's already been around for two decades playing football. If you hate him, you've had to deal with him for two decades. He's still not retired. And he just signed a 10-year, $375 million contract with Fox Sports. So even when he's done playing, he's going to be in the booth telling you all about it. Yeah. I mean, being a Packer fan and him ruining uh, our opportunity to go to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I, 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 I struggle with Brady. It's like, I respect him so much. I think he's one of the all time greats. I am definitely tired of him. Um, I'll tell you this. I would so much rather him be in a booth. I actually, I could do that. I'm so tired of watching him play. So tired. Um, what, also the, the because at, the Packers have a hard time beating him. Right. Um, and they, they are a huge obstacle for the Packers to try to win the Super Bowl. So that, that, that also pisses me off that like, God, he's here for another year. Like I am so tired of watching him play. Um, also because he's not fun. He was never fun to watch. Talk about someone who isn't aesthetically interesting or exciting or fun to watch. It is. What do you mean? Because he's not a mobile quarterback. He's his arm isn't great. He's not a mobile quarterback. He doesn't have a fraction of the talent of Mahomes or Rogers or anybody. He's so boring to watch, but he's efficient and he wins. And and he's no one's ever going to su- surpass his his Super Bowl numbers. But he sucks to watch. The Patriots are garbage. They sucked to watch. Like it, the Patriots, like yeah, dynasty. They almost run, went undefeated. I understand. I'm not, saying, undefeated. I'm, I'm not saying he wasn't good, but like ultimately, I I'm a football fan. He's the, it's not the team I root for. Most people are not Patriot fans, and watching him play is so boring and not interesting. And he's just the most efficient player of all time at his position. He knows what the defense is going to do. So much of what he does is audible out of bad plays into good plays. Um, mm-hmm so much of what he does is, is between the ears. Um, he's accurate. Um, and he's got a, a, a fairly good arm, but he, he doesn't do anything that what I, when I tune in, I don't like, I, I am not excited to watch one of his games. I wasn't excited to watch that in, uh, when he played for new England, new England was one of the worst teams to watch. I'd be like, Oh God, I like, don't understand. You're going to win. Can... And uh, he has been be on bad. how many game winning drives where he started on the opposite side of the field and has driven his team to the opposite end zone to score. How can you say that's not exciting or fun to watch? And it happens on such a consistent basis that you can't say, Oh, every <laughs> once in a while he does it. You give him a minute and the game's over. They will get, he will get in field goal range. He will score a touchdown. And you've seen that for two decades. He's so I don't great. know how you say that. He's great. I've never, I've never really, uh, 
I, I've never really enjoyed watching his his play. Uh, I I always I've always found it not interesting and boring. And frankly, because I pr- I know the ending. I know I'm like he's gonna figure this out. He's gonna do it. It won't be anything um, interesting that he does. Um, he will find a defect in the defense and he will exploit it. He will throw a slant to Edelman. He's going to run it three times with um, James White. Okay, they're creeping up. He's going to audible. He's going to loft one to Gronk. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, he, it's like a guy, it's like watching a master, like a grandmaster chess player, um, just like win all the time. And I'm like, I, I, I get it. Like, I, I, I'm ready for something interesting, you know? Like, Is he going to be more fun to watch in the booth? Oh, I, I, it'll be so much more palatable for me in the booth. I just don't want to watch him anymore. Mm. I am so annoyed he has come back for another year. And and the reason is, is because it's going to be boring. Uh, it won't be interesting and he will win. Like ultimately that's at the end of the day, that's all that matters. But as a fan, as an NFL fan, um, I think he's so boring. I think he is such a boring person. And I think he's so boring to watch. Now, if he was on my team, I couldn't, I care less. I'd be like, who cares? He wins. That's all I care about. Um, but as a fan, as a football fan, mm-hmm. um, I'm so ready for him to be done. I feel like the majority of football fans are, are definitely over Tom Brady, except right. for probably Patriots fans and obviously Bucks fans. And we can't say that because we grew up in the Chicagoland area, but I'm sure as Michael Jordan was getting older too, people in who are love basketball are probably like, all right, dude, like we're sick of Michael Jordan. Yeah, like Nick, talk to Knicks fans in the nineties. They're like, okay, right. I think we're good. I think we're ready for yeah. him to like be gone. Like we're over it. Like we, you know, we get it. But however, Michael Jordan's play was incredible. Again, like a Steph Curry, someone who's just a marvel to watch. I, I would make the argument that LeBron's play isn't that exciting to watch. He's not a graceful player. He's he's just a superior athlete that just kind of bends people by sheer will and can do mm-hmm. things that other people can't do. Jordan, I think, could do things that other people couldn't do, but he did it with finesse. And I think he he wasn't the biggest guy. He was six six. There were guys who were bigger than him, but he was able to do it. I think one of the things about Seth Curry that's amazing to watch is he's not a very big, strong or quick guy or like super quick guy, um, but he's just like immensely skilled. Um, I think the most impressive thing is what Brady has done with the people around him, his wide receiver core over yes. the years who you couldn't name their right. names or where they went after or where they came before and uh, Bill Belichick's ability and that front office ability to um, locate talent and work them in a system with Tom Brady to become highly effective. One of the great things about Brady is uh, his, the, the, the person, the type of person that he is. Um, I, again, I've talked about how much I love Aaron Rodgers. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen. I don't care if he only wins one Super Bowl. He is the best quarterback I've ever seen. However, what Brady does, Brady makes everybody better. Now Rodgers makes I think people better on the team and certain players, but Brady makes the D like Brady has an effect on the entire team. Like the defense plays better. I think everyone is more focused. I think, I think he's more likable, which I do think is a thing on a team. I think he's just a guy you want to play for. You want to root for, and you will follow him. 
you know, to the ends of the earth, you know, because he's and, a winner because he's a he, winner. Exactly. Now Rogers wins too, but I don't think Rogers can do that. I don't think Rogers can win over certain people. I think he's been able to do that in his career because uh, he, he also wins and people want to be on a winning team and, and they will come to green Bay to play with him. But um, I, when you, when Brady's on your team, it's like, it would be different. Like Brady would have such an impact on any business any organization like you could put Tom Brady into some, you know, business or whatever. And I bet that business would just perform better because the board would like him. The, the, the directors would like him. The staff would like him. You hear him talk. He's just a guy that is a great teammate and would do anything for, for anybody. If it helps the team win. I don't know if Rogers would do that. You know what I mean? So, Rogers would be like, nah, I don't like you. So <laughs> you know? then to that thought, then this broadcast team might be the best broadcast team in history. Burkhart's great. Also, too, though, I feel bad for um, Olsen, right? Greg, Greg Olsen? Olsen? Wasn't he his partner, Burkhart? Um, I'm not sure. I, I thought that was their – I thought that was like the duo, and then he just got – like Olsen got kicked to the curb for – uh for Brady I mean what are you gonna do it's Tom Brady but Olsen was awesome in that booth and I think he was with Kevin Burkhart but I love that I think Brady will be able to offer a lot of insight and I think he'll be better than Breeze because Brady is just I mean God uh, after his like 5,000 documentaries he's done about his life um he's just very comfortable in his own skin and is honest still guarded which I think is is important you kind of have to have somewhat of a filter um, on a broadcast team. That's why I don't think Aaron Rodgers would be very good for it. Cause I think he would say something that would get him in trouble because yeah. um, he doesn't care Brady. I think there's that filter, but also he's genuine and offers a lot of insight and, and way more comfortable in his own skin um, versus breeze where I don't think breeze is great. I don't think he's great on the panel on NBC and I don't think he's great in game either. Cause he just doesn't seem super comfortable. Um, and uh, I don't think, comfortable like in that sort of spotlight so i expect i expect brady to be really good at it we don't even know how good he is and they gave him 10 years i mean like who does that right he's uh, he's good i think they wouldn't have done that they wouldn't have done that if he wasn't good you know like they like remember like romo got a ton of money uh not his biggest con like his like eventually got a bigger contract but when he first started with cbs like they knew that he was awesome. Like CBS like fought hard to get him um, mm-hmm. on their broadcast versus a couple other ones. Like he's my favorite he, to watch. I you think. know, he's great. He's great. Yeah. The knock on him too has been interesting is when a game isn't good. Like he's awesome when it's a really compelling game and offenses are, you know, flying high like that uh, bills chiefs game. Like he's amazing when it's really close game, but people say like, and he does like, he kind of phones it in when it's a shitty game or the offenses aren't great, or particularly the quarterback plays bad. He's like, mm-hmm. nah, he just kind of like packs it in. And yeah. you're going to get games like that. You're going to get duds. And and so people are like, yeah, he just, he needs to kind of bring it for every game, regardless if it's like a 10-3 game, you know, or like a defensive struggle. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we will see um, if he ever retires um, when he's in the booth. And we'll see how that goes. Wait. I can't wait till he retires. And so the Packers yeah. can win some more Super Bowls. I'm so over him. Right, I have, to, I have to worry again about another year about freaking Tampa Bay, and I'm just like, oh God, like, and of course Godwin, like when Brady comes back, you get everybody, which right. is so annoying because he has so many weapons in Tampa. 
on offense and the defensive side of the ball. Rodgers has zero weapons to throw to, so it'll be again really hard to beat them. They're, can they're you see? The teams can you see him losing in the playoffs and then being in the booth for the Super Bowl? That's really that's a great question. If he loses, decides I'm retiring. Does he? Wait, does he lose? Where? When? Does he lose in the NFC like the NFC Championship two weeks sure. before the Super Bowl? Sure. I, I. It would be really compelling television because he could just talk about the game two weeks prior to be like, "All right, well, this is what we didn't do well." You know right. what I mean? Like that would be super compelling. Wow, that's. I mean, for ratings, I, I think that was, I think that's a great idea. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Um. I bet they would, since he's already has the job. Right. No, I mean, and he, he he's he knows he's retiring, so it's not like he's going to be like, oh, the it's too fresh of a wound. It's like, my God, this guy's like a hundred years old. Like he's right. he gets it. I I think that's a great idea. All right, I'll I'll tweet him. We'll see what he says. Yeah. Please do that. All right, man. Well, that was all I had. Did you have anything else? The only other thing I had a couple under the radar under the radar players I wanted to talk about. Um. Yeah. All right. So here's here's one under the rated underrated player that I want to get your kind of thoughts on. Um this he just pitched um for the Yankees, uh Nestor Cortez. So yes. under the radar under the radar player, um Luis Patino, uh starting pitcher for the Rays. I don't know if he's underrated, but Alex Manoa, who you love, and he's been killing it for my fantasy team. By the way, your fantasy for, team sucks, dude. All right, all right, we can we can not. Hey, I got my first win this week. I got my first win. I know, but your team is terrible. Yeah, but I clapped those cheeks though. I came off with a big win. You did. I think I won three hundred something to one hundred or something. Yeah, uh, Nikki Lopez for the Royals, Andrew Vaughn, um, and Garrett Crochet if he ever comes back. Um, so. I'm gonna. I'll touch on Nestor Cortez, okay? Okay. Nestor Cortez has quickly made a, a name for himself. Um, first off, with a mustache. Second off, by his play. Third off, the by team the way, mustache isn't that a violation? Since the Yankees can't have facial hair. Yes, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but other Yankees haven't. Other Yankees had facial hair. Like Don Mattingly have... has had a, a mustache when he played first base there, right? So you. So that makes no sense. So the rule is you can't have facial hair except a mustache. A mustache if it's well hair. groomed, is acceptable? I, apparently, I mean, but the, you can't no have a goatee, right? Okay, so that makes no sense. Or I have to look. And also, into that. where did that come from? Is that Steinbrenner's rule? Who made that? Who made that rule? Um, Yankees mustache rule. Since 1976, the New York Yankees have maintained a strict appearance policy specifying that players must not touch their collars and that they may have mustaches but no other facial hair. It says mustaches? Yeah. Wow. Hair must not touch their collar, so your hair can't touch your collar, and they may have mustaches but no other facial hair. Dude, so, they really they really enforce that too. Like they yeah. never like they never get let beards get that long ever. I've watched too. Even Garrett Cole, other players. I'm just like, wow, they're yeah. really uh Johnny Damon. I'm like, they're really enforcing that. Like they, they, get like, a, they get it like a one or two day stubble and then they like have to shave it. Yeah. Like firemen pretty much. It's like a fireman rule. 
I'd have short hair and mustaches. That's it. But um, yeah, nasty, nasty. Nestor Cortez. Also, John, he takes the subway to the games. Uh, Did you know that? Well, he's a he's a New Yorker. Yeah, he takes a subway to the games because he's a man of the people. He is. You heard of the people? Nobody recognizes him either. Um, So last five games, one point six three ERA ridiculous uh 27 innings pitched he's only given up five runs um and he has 37 strikeouts i think last game he was averaging 11 to 13 strikeouts per nine innings um he's just been um electric and as far as i'm concerned he's the best pitcher on the new york uh yankees pitching staff right now until you prove me wrong garrett cole um nestor cortez and the thing that's amazing about him john you would probably appreciate this too is he is not um, a flame ball thrower. He actually he averages his uh, fastball three miles per hour slower than um, league average. I think he's coming around 90 miles per hour. League average is about 93. So he throws slower than league average. Um, he's He's got nothing special. He's not very tall. But what he does, very good. And if you pay attention. He's being left-handed. Left-handed does help, but also keeping batters uneven or uneasy and off balance. So he has many different deliveries we've all seen it when he's on the bump and he does his little leg kick and he takes his time and then he'll and then he'll quick pitch you he uses timing against batters and does it so very well and effectively that he doesn't need to you know overcompensate with with throwing 98 miles per hour it's really it's really amazing it's really fun to watch because that's like his advantage or like his little niche that he's keeping batters very that you can't time him up because he has so many different deliveries and you're going to see it so many different times during your at bat. Right. And you know, he's 27. So he kind of came sort of out of nowhere last year. He was great. 22 appearances for the Yankees um, and was kind of a revelation in 93 innings. He struck out 103 hitters, which with that lack of velocity is pretty impressive. A two, 2.9 ERA and a 1.08 whip. Um, and held the opposing batting average to 217. So um, he was slotted to be in the pen starting this year, but um, has really um, blossomed into like one of their more reliable Beautiful pitchers. Young man. Yeah. And a man of the people taking the subway. Yeah. He eats apples in the dugout. I mean, how cool is that? It's not that cool. They have a variety of things in the dugout. I know, but it's cool just to watch them sitting there. You know what else is cool? Uh, I'm uh, starting a Chicago softball league in like a month. And my son, we just had a a birthday party for my son who turned one. And it was baseball themed. And we have an abundance of big league chew. Oh, nice. And I was like, sweet. Uh, I'm ready to play. I haven't swung a bat in like a year, but... um, I, you know, as an adult, you can't practice anymore. It just looks weird. If you're just by yourself as an adult, now I'm noticing and taking hacks off a of yeah, tape. you can't, you can't do it. It's, it looks weird. You need like either a kid with you, your kid, uh, preferably, ideally, yeah, preferably, <laughs> um, not someone else's kid. I just borrow kids on the street. Like, hey, can you just stand here while I take some hacks? So I don't look weird. Yeah, so I don't look weird. But like, it is, it looks super weird. Like, thank Anybody God I want to shake balls. Well, yeah. Like, also, I was taking my dog for a walk and. Uh, even then, like I stopped, there's like a little league game going on. I just like, st- I, I just like baseball. So I just stopped yeah. and was watching like, you know, 10 or 11, you know, starting to gain skills. And I was like, oh, this, you know, maybe my son will play one day or maybe I'll be like one of these baseball dads or something. And I was just sitting there watching it. And then even people were looking at me, even with a dog being like, dude, like I'm at like a weird age where I'm like, I'm not super old, but I'm not like young. So they're yeah. like, what are you, why are you here? You know? And 
I was like, all right. I, I know, but that. you don't look weird. I think it's, I think, I mean, at least I have a good judge of character. When you kind of look at someone, you're like, who the fuck is that guy or whatever. Right, but let's say, I easily have, have, let's say I didn't have my dog. Um, then would it be weird? I think maybe the dog looks like maybe like a luring technique, you know? Here's yeah. my dog. Maybe that's that's why they're looking at me more intently and be like, this guy fucking just <laughs> yeah. got a dog, so he could yeah. watch his kids play baseball. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just, actually I starting up, a league. Do you guys want to bring play? a back I bring a backpack with my big league chew? Like, hey guys, uh, yeah. Yeah. want some gum? Hey Tyler, great job at third base. <laughs> you guys are really great. Just really enhancing your skills, just super great. You guys want some big league chew? What's wrong with this? They're like, sir, you can't you can't come here anymore. Like, Sir, do you, do you have like someone that's supposed to be watching you? <laughs> be like, I'm not. I'm. I've, I get ten minutes outside the house every day, so if I want to use if, it here. If you had those headphones on while you were out there, they would definitely make <laughs> like, completely not plugged to anything, just hanging yeah. by my shorts, and be like, yeah. or just doing play by play with with headphones on, nothing plugged in, yeah. and just like screaming. <laughs> well, it's like in uh, what something about Mary, right? That guy. Oh yeah. My baseball. My baseball. What a, what a great what a great movie. Not yeah. I, again, not a movie you could make uh it today, no. but what no. a phenomenal movie. Ben Stiller, underrated comedian, in my opinion. Appearance by Brett Favre too. Shout out. Dude, one hundred percent, man. Do you realize yeah. I've been watching Pro Bowl quarterback since nineteen ninety two? I know, it must be nice. It's pretty sweet. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I mean, I have never had a team that has been highly successful for that long. You know, I'm going to be honest. If I was a Bears fan, I would have jumped ship a long time ago. There's no way I would put up with this, especially post-COVID. I'm like, you know, and life is short. Like, I'm not going to – I, you don't have to be a fan. That's what I was going to say, John. I think that is a, a hot take or something that doesn't get um, talked about enough. You know what? You pay money. You buy merchandise. You spend three hours every Sunday watching this team for 17 weeks, and they're dog shit, and they don't try to get better. Yeah. Absolutely. You have no – I mean, people, oh, you have no loyalty. Okay, well, if you were in a marriage and it was terrible and they were terrible to you and they didn't try to get better, would you stay? Right. Some so th- I, I don't know if I talked about this on this pod. This is, I know we're, we're going long and I know that's a no-no for you, but I'm going to be quick. Uh, uh, Craig, Craig Calcaterra, who's a baseball writer, he comes on the 670 score at Chicago radio station here in Chicago with Dan Bernstein. He wrote a new book called Fandom. And his whole thing in that book is talking about, hey – it's okay to be a fan of a team that you grew up on and, and, and uh, loyalty is important. However, if you are a fan of the Browns or if you are a fan of a team who has been notoriously fr- frugal and shitty for so many years and has not tried to win or invested money in resources, players, everything, then you, you should not spend your time, money, resources following – or investing your free time in that team. And and it's okay. It's okay to do that. If the if the ownership doesn't give a shit about the fans, a fan shouldn't give a shit about the team. Right. And I totally I totally agree with that. Um it's a business, it's, John. Any restaurant you go to and you have terrible service, yeah, you're not going yeah. back there. 100%. Well, it's in my neighborhood. I love Cheesecake Factory. No, they're terrible there. Right. And I'm not, but, I'm not I don't really do that, that with sports, sports, right? People like suffer, but like, oh God, like my mm-hmm. team is terrible. But you know what? I am a fan. It's like, you don't have to do that. Right. 
and I've kind of dabbled uh, with that. Not that da- I mean, cu- I watch. Every Have you cu- thought about uh, not being a bear fan anymore? I, I assume your life would get a lot better. Um, no, I've never thought about um, uh, jumping ship for the why, Bears. Why not? It doesn't have to be the Packers, although it would be a smart move. We're awesome, but yeah. why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just leave? Like, who cares? So what? Your friends are gonna give you I, shit. So what? This no, team sucks. It has nothing. Honestly, I. I just don't think it bothers me as much. I don't oh, okay. know. I think just because I love Sundays, like I'm very happy on football Sundays. Football There's Sundays are the bunch, best. They're like the, the best. best. So 16, even if, even if I think maybe that's why football is different. Like even if your team sucks, you still got fantasy. You still got gambling. Um, there's a bunch of other games. On, and and I don't know, like you usually watch football together. I don't watch 162 or, you know, Cubs games with everybody. Right. It's every Sunday. Everyone comes together. Hey, we're all going to suck today. Okay. Let's eat some food, drink some beers. And it's more like, like That's that really kind of like camaraderie. Everyone's like, Hey, let's have some beers. Let's get some food and let's watch this team. Like, right. Fuck this up. Right. Yeah. So I think that's okay. Um, as far as like baseball goes, like I watch the Cubs every night, but I have, I mean, like I moved right outside of Philly. So now they have Philly's like cool such a Philly's such a, you can move to like such a great time. Like the Phillies are such a fun team to watch. There's so many players I like on that team. It's Same. ridiculous. Yeah. Right. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I watch a lot of Phillies games. I, I, I buy their stuff. And of course it's because I live so close, but, um, but yeah, they're a fun can... team. They're giving you reason to watch. Like they, they spent the money on Harper. They got Castellanos, like right. JT real Muto. Like they have great players that you want to come see and you want to watch on TV. Like they've and given also, you reason to buy that hat. You know what and I mean? I'm also they educated. I'm also educated enough to where if someone's like, oh, you, you just moved here. You're not a fan. Really? Let's go through the bullpen and name as many relievers as you can. Or let's, let's name the first, you know, everyone's position or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Right. Like, You're an educated I, fan, but let's say you weren't. So what? So what if you want to, if you move there, like, Hey, I want to support the local team. So what? That should be right. fine. Who cares? Right. Yeah. Some people are very against that. Some people are assholes. Right. All right, John. Well, I think I'm going to go um, die in a corner. Oh, nice. <laughs> we're both under the weather. We're both, we're both playing her here. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize. It was not my best uh, performance today, but I'm pretty sure I do have uh, the C word. Um, yeah, uh, so. but that, but if for the viewers, uh, that hat, that throwback Phillies hat is pretty tight. So yeah, it's that's nasty. A plus. It's nasty, Nestor. Um, but yeah, do not feel that great. So sorry if it was a little dry, um, like my dry mouth. But um, yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back Thursday, and then we got to come back uh, again with another epi, another Epi Fifty One. Cool, man. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Guys, thanks for watching. We'll see you later. Peace. Peace.